0: Hi friends, this is Cheryl from Tutoring with Cheryl, and I am going to be chatting today about how parents can support math learning at home. And I was recently a guest um, for my fourth um, session or discussion with uh, Esme Lozano at Online Tutors Grow. And when we made up our plan uh, to share, you know, kind of math ideas with parents and with tutors we were kind of thinking um, in steps, and our final step was to talk to directly to parents about how you can support math learning at home. And so I wanted to come through, and I'm sure not all of you saw the live, because um, it is kind of difficult to catch a live show. I, I totally understand that. So I took the information that I shared, I turned it into my blog post, And now I'm talking it into Spotify for those of you that want to kind of hear what's going on. But in case this is the first time you've ever stopped by tutoring with Cheryl, just a really brief background on me. I am a former classroom teacher. I am turned professional elementary math tutor. While my emphasis is math, many of my students ask me for assistance in other areas, reading, uh, writing. So I do provide assistance to those students when I'm asked, but most of my students... See me for math. And so that was kind of what we were talking about. However, when I was creating this information, I wanted to talk to parents outside of the math realm. I am not a mathematician. I am a master level teacher with curriculum and instruction uh, background and classroom experiences of over 30 years. And I speak from my personal experiences. But when I went to write this, I was really looking at it through the lens of a parent? And what does a parent want to hear? Because I am a parent of three grown children. I have been in your shoes. And now I have a granddaughter. And I also work with my great nieces and nephews when asked. Um, And so I'm still very actively involved in the education community. I just do it in a different way. And it's been so much fun to kind of grow and challenge myself to think about things in different ways. So let me kind of get to this idea of parental involvement. Now, we can be involved in our children's education in a lot of different ways. And I really wanted to talk to parents um, and kind of scaffold this thinking so that you wouldn't get completely overwhelmed. I am certainly not saying go up to your local elementary school, middle school, high school and say, hey, sign me up for every committee. Now, that does mean that you're involved in your child's education. But is that really the way you want to be involved in your child's education? So when I'm going through this, I might give you ideas that maybe you hadn't thought about. And that's really my goal here is, is getting you to think outside of the box of the traditional ways of being involved in your child's education. So parental involvement in your child's learning is really powerful. And when parents take the time to do things at home to support their child, your child is going to build not only their understanding of let's say topics that you're learning at school but they're also going to build their confidence because they're going to know that somebody believes in them. I think the most powerful thing that a parent can do is to tell their child that they believe in them and some children don't get to hear that. Some children go, go home to families where there's so much chaos and the last thing the family's thinking of is building their child's Um, confidence and self-esteem up it's it's really like we're living paycheck to paycheck we can we're just trying to figure out how to put food on the table and keep the electricity going Um, and if that's you that's fine but I do want you to stop and think about your child because you are your child's first teacher and so we need to be teaching them how to handle stress and all of those things that come with life in general but getting back to some research that I did um, as I was preparing for uh, this podcast, I typed in parental involvement or being involved in your child's ed- education and, and things like that. And a bunch of stuff came up and I was like, whoa. But wasn't really leading me where I wanted it to go because I was specifically looking at how can parents be more involved in their child's math education. So then I decided to just stick with two um, of the top um, results. And the first one was from the Annie E. Casey Foundation. Now, I don't really know a lot about the Annie E. Casey Foundation, but if you go back to my blog at MidwestTutor.com and go to my blog page and look for um, the, the topic How Parents Can Support Math Learning at Home, I have a link to the two articles that I'm gonna be talking to you about. And this first one came from Annie E. Casey Foundation and I'm gonna quote them. And they said parental involvement is the active ongoing participation of parent or primary caregiver in the education of a child and parents can do this at home by doing three things. And I thought, yeah, I thought these three things were really powerful. Number one, create a home environment that encourages learning. Now, when I say that, I don't want you just to say, go to school and learn a lot today. I want you to think about what you can do at home to continue the learning. And I have been on a quest to really provide parents with ways, um, activities, ideas that you can keep the learning going at home, outside of homework. Because I'm not really talking about homework. I'm talking about just learning about life in general. The second thing that the Annie E. Casey Foundation said, and quoting them again, is to communicate high yet reasonable uh, expectations for achievement. So if your child is currently getting, let's say, Cs and Ds or you're lower on your scale, uh, your number scale, telling them that they need to do better in school and then not supporting them along the way isn't really parental involvement. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But when you communicate high but reasonable expectations for achievement, you're setting your child up for success because you're going to be there to help them. You become the coach for your child. Okay. Your child isn't just going to walk into the, in through those doors at the school building and all is going to be well in their world. They are going to be learning new information. They're going to be growing socially, emotionally, cognitively. They're going to be dealing with, kids in the classroom uh, with teacher expectations. So you need to be very clear in in what that expectation is. If the expectation is, and this was what I always told my kids, you know what? I do not expect you to be perfect. But what I do expect is for you to go to school, pay attention, learn what you can, and be a nice person. And you do not need to be everyone's friend because not everybody... It's kind of hard to be everyone's friend, but you can be friendly to everyone. And I think that set a great expectation for my kids. And, you know, we had our bumps along the way, but for the most part, they really did do very well. And all three of my children are grown adults and doing very well. And, um, you know, we don't have a lot of the struggles that the other families have. Sure, we have struggles, but it's not like some of the struggles that I hear because they knew along the way That they were going to be supported step number three or the third thing that the Annie E Casey foundation said was stay involved in your child's education at school and that's what I'm going to be talking to you about so if you're like where do I even start don't worry I have you covered now you can link back to that and read the entire article after I was done reading it I just um, kind of summarized it okay but I want to quote them one more time okay because they talked about the benefits to the student or the child when the parent does get involved in their learning. And to quote them, they said, children whose families are engaged in their education are more likely to do four things. One, earn higher grades and score higher on tests. Two, graduate from high school and college. Three, develop self-confidence and motivation in the classroom. Four, have better social skills and classroom behavior. I think most parents would agree that the majority of the things listed there are kind of important or would be nice goals to set and would be really great to see. Now, I am not going to uh, tell you that your child has to attend a four-year college, um, but I do feel that graduating from high school and getting some um, continuing education somewhere along the way is really important. So even if they don't choose the traditional four-year college model, I do feel like it's really important to consider going on to get more education so that you're trained in something. Okay, so that was the Annie E. Casey Foundation. Now, we're talking about how we can support math learning at home. And again, I was kind of looking for some things and couldn't specifically find just ways to support math. But I did find another professional blogger who had a page called Children's Corner Learning Center, and they had 10 tips for parents. And to quote them directly, um, and, and their, their model is more of just being successful in school. I'm going to quote them. Parents are a child's first teacher, and the home is the child's first classroom. Okay, so when you, when that baby comes home, in that little bundle of love that they are, you are their first teacher until they either start a Sunday school class, start a dance class, go to soccer practice, whatever. You're the first person that is responsible for teaching them outside of maybe a daycare provider or other family members. And as key resources, I'm quoting them again, for learning and growth, parents help to shape a child's social, emotional, and physical development so that they can thrive in school and beyond. Now, as I go through this list of 10 tips, the 10 tips come directly from their page. I might interject a few things, okay? So let me take a quick drink of water because there's 10 of them. We wanna set up, number one, we wanna set up daily family routines, including healthy eating and sleeping habits. That is so important. If your child never really knows when they're supposed to wake up in the morning, never really knows what the expectation is for the morning routine, doesn't really know what the expectation is for the start of the day and the stop of the day, that's going to affect everything. They're they're really going to struggle later on in life because we all thrive on routine. So, you know, I, I don't know what it looks like at your house, but even when we were, um, on summer break, I'm a, I'm a former school teacher. So, you know, my life revolved around the clock. I mean, I've just flat out had to follow the clock, but, um, my kids knew when it was bedtime and they knew what time they had to be up. And I was very clear about that. And we try, before they got into junior high sports, we would always have supper together and they always knew, the, the ritual for kind of getting ready for bed. Take your bath, put your pajamas on, read your books, go to bed, we'll wake up. And I think there is some comfort in knowing that. It takes the mystery out of life. They have a set um, schedule. Think about yourself and how much you rely on a schedule. And if you don't rely on a schedule, you might rely on a calendar to drive your schedule or looking at how you're going to get through your day. So, I feel that's a really powerful point in setting your child up for success and being a part of their learning routines. Number two, provide a place and a time at home for homework. I had another blog um, that I spoke about um, on the podcast where I was talking about making sure that when you go to have this space for homework, it's a space that's quiet. It doesn't have a lot of things going on around it. You're you you, you know, you're getting rid of all the stuff that's going to get in the way of concentrating. So if you're trying to have your child do their homework at the, um, the bar table in your house that sits really high and they're on a high chair, but their feet don't touch the ground and, you know, their, their shoulders or their elbows are up way up high at the same height as their shoulders as they're trying to do their homework, that's probably not the best environment for your child. Put them at a lower table. Maybe they can sit on the floor and use the coffee table in the living room Maybe that's going to be more comfortable for them. The TVs need to be off. The phones need to be off. You the, the whole idea is that you're creating this learning environment for your child. And so we want to clear out all of the stuff that's going to get into the way and provide that interference in the background for them to be successful. Okay, number three on these 10 tips that come from, again, it was called the Children's Corner Learning Center check on their assignments homeworks homework and projects even if you're going to ask them do you have any homework they're probably going to say no but if you say hey let's check your bag all right let's um, let's look at your assignment notebook L- whatever they're using in school find out what the teachers are using what the routines are and then they can't say i, I don't have anything to do because especially if the teacher has built in routines that on Tuesday nights, book com- books come home and they're supposed to be read. On Wednesday nights, uh, homework comes home and they're supposed to fix their homework. Whatever it happens to be. Um, and utilize the electronic things that the teachers send out. The teachers are sending out emails with reminders, a remind app. They've got a classroom web page. That's your job to go there. You, you really should not ignore that, especially if you want to be a part of your child's learning. Number four. Talk each day with your child about his or her activities. And when I say that, I mean, um, you know, when they're really little, their activity might just be uh, music, PE, um, art, class. Um, Don't, don't say, um, don't say, tell me about your day. That's too broad. But maybe say, what was one thing that you really got excited about today? Okay. Then they don't think about their whole day. They just think about the thing that they're most excited about. And if they've had a bad day, they might not be able to think about what was good about their day. So you can say, oh, I noticed that maybe you're, you're struggling to come up with something. Was it not such a great day? Do you want to talk about that? And then they feel like they can talk about it. And so when they know that you're taking an active interest in them, it changes the script at your house. They're going to know that they can come to you with their problems. They're not going to think, oh, mom and dad are too busy because they're making supper or whatever. You can literally stop making supper and make eye contact with your child. Place your hand on their shoulder and say, tell me more. What's going on? And by stopping everything that you're doing, your child gets the signal that it's, oh, I can talk about this. Tip number five, promote literacy by reading to your child and by reading yourself. I am huge proponent of this reading makes all the difference in the world a child who is read to at home out loud goes to school between birth and the time they start to school goes to school with a much higher vocabulary than a child that never hears any books and by you reading at home you're modeling that expectation so set yourself up for success by picking up a book or magazine and it shouldn't be your phone Because the kids only see the screen. They don't see what's on there. Get a hardback book, a softback book, something that's got pages, pick it up and read it and show them what reading looks like. Number six, limit and monitor TV, watching, gaming, and social media and computer time. It's really easy to have that on all day. But sometimes our brains just need to turn off and children really should not be, I think the, double check this, but I'm pretty sure like, Age-wise, the younger kids aren't supposed to have more than an hour a day. Double check that, okay? I'm not going to say that I'm the the expert on that. But I am going to say that they should not be on um, their digital devices. Now, if they're getting tutoring virtually, that's different because there's a person on the other end. But if it's just they're going to sit there and they're going to play Minecraft or something like that, we need to limit some of that. So really think about that within the time span of their day. Because if they're already in school, they're already getting screen time at school because I know that that's being used in their classroom. All right, number seven, express high expectations and standards for your child's learning, which we've already talked about, so we'll move on. Number eight, attend parent teacher conferences, open house, and back to school events. So that's where you show up to the things that are on the schedule. And by showing up to the things that are on the schedule, You're communicating not only to your child that those events are important, but you're also communicating to the school and the people who are going to be working with you that you care about your child, okay? That is huge, okay? Number nine, participate in decisions that affect your child's education. So if you um, know that there's going to be something on the school board, uh, uh, the agenda, and you, you are passionate about it, show up to the meeting. If you have concerns and you go to the teacher and they're not addressed, then go up your chain of command. So most schools, it's talk to the teacher, talk to the school guidance counselor, then you go to the principal. You do not call the principal when you have a concern. You call the child's teacher. That is their job. Okay. Number 10, Tap into community resources with visits to the library, museum, zoos, theaters, and encourage participation in after-school clubs, sports, and activities. Okay, so that was all the information that came from um, those two experts. But because my whole idea was about helping your child be successful on their math journey, I came up with 10 things. Now, I might not go into full detail on, on all of these because I have a half hour of recording time and I'm probably gonna go right up to the very end of this but what I can tell you is that if for some reason I don't get to finish this because my time runs out just go back and look at all of my blogs because this has really been my goal the whole time to make number, uh, excuse me to make learning fun and to make it easy for you to do so I always try to provide every month I try to f- provide free resources for parents, you can hop on there. You can see if they're age appropriate. A lot of them are generic enough that you can make them more challenging for the older students, or they might give you an idea of something that you can do with your older children. Because um, you have to remember that I specialize K through six, and the sixth grade gets a little bit almost too old for some of this, but you can still take those ideas and you can improve on them. Okay. So the, I'm not the end all. I'm just a All right, so let's get to work right here. Number one, we want to read stories together, just like I said before. But the way reading stories can help your child with math is when we read, we read our books from left to right. So with the younger kiddos, teach them to read from left to right by following with your finger. Okay, and you can go buy those little plastic fingers and have them follow along with you. That's a really fun thing to do. When they hear you read, they're learning vocabulary. They're going to get rich vocabulary that they can use. And not only is they are they going to know this vocabulary and know how to read from left to right, it's going to help them be able to read mathematical e- expressions. Like 2 plus 3 equals 5 is read left to right. So they need to know how to read those sentences. And I find it very interesting that the students that have struggles in reading that I work with also have struggles in reading math equations. So I'll read them backwards almost all the time. Number two, my idea is to play games. Learning to play games helps your child learn virtual skills, vital skills, excuse me, for math. They they learn to listen and to and follow the directions, and they have steps in a process. Well, that's what math is. It's lots of steps in a process. They learn to problem solve, and they learn to make decisions. And they learn that there's more than one way to solve a problem, which is what I really emphasize in math. There is, nine times out of 10, there's more than one way to solve a problem. Okay, the third thing that I came up with to stay involved in your child's math journey is help your child learn their math facts. If you follow me anywhere, you know that it is really important that your child knows their math facts. Be sure to look back at my blog articles on that because I have tips and tricks to help your child. Number four, cook and bake together. This is a great way to follow steps in a process and learn about the measurement of solids and liquids. Number five, measure things. Use rulers, tape uh, tape measures so that your child knows how to use them in the real world. Number six, when helping with homework, be patient and let your child know that there is more than one way to solve a math problem. And if they cannot solve the problem the way that the teacher did it, if they're in public or private school, um that's okay because you need to show them that there could be a new way and allow them to experience that now it might that your way of doing the math might be just right for your child maybe the the common core way with all of the pictures and the steps just isn't resonating with your child but they understand the numbers and that's all they really need to know as long as they understand what's going on then show them a new way to do it because your teacher is showing them multiple ways or they should be. Number seven, use educational websites to offer support with math skills that you do not know how to teach your child. I always, I will always, always, always recommend going to KhanAcademy.org and just typing in whatever it happens to be. So um, my daughter was taking a finance class um, and she she had some vocabulary vocabulary that she didn't know. So I said, just type that into the little search button and you should be able to find something that helps you with that. And she did and she found what she needed. So I like Khan Academy because not only do they have videos with instruction, but they have practice problems built in. You could literally get on there and you could, you personally could just practice whatever the grade level math is that your child is doing. They don't even need to know that you're doing it. You're learning it and you're building your confidence with it. So use those educational websites. Number eight, use YouTube. I Yes, I said it. Uh, look up keywords and find qualified educators to show you how to do math topics. There are so many creative teachers out there right now that are just putting so much free material out there for you. You might find somebody that really speaks to you and can really help you. Number nine, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. On the math journey, many people have negative feelings about math. My position is that you need to either be positive about it and fake it (laughs) or just don't talk negatively about it. I mean, You don't have to be a cheerleader, but putting your frustration with math onto your child isn't going to help them. So if you're really stuck and you really can't help your child, admit it. Use some of the ideas that I shared with you and then seek a qualified professional. I know so many people that have hired tutors for their children. And even if it's just for a few months at a time to get them back on track, it makes such a positive difference in their life and in yours because it's going to lift the weight off of your shoulders. And you're going to know that you have a qualified individual who can actually help you with your child. And the final thing that I have for advice is have fun and keep learning right along with your child. Well, that was a lot of information, and I'm so glad that I put it together for you, and I hope that you find this um, helpful. If you need more information about tutoring with Cheryl, make sure that you visit midwesttutor.com backslash home dash two. That's where you can go to send me a question or look to see... um, what other, what parents have to say about my tutoring services. You can also visit my link tree at Cheryl Euling. And uh, you can see some of the things that I have available uh, currently and for outside like summertime, if you're looking for some summertime help. And I'm also um, on YouTube. So I'm a lot of places online. You can find me everywhere by looking for either Tutoring with Cheryl or MidwestTutor.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Like I said, like, share, comment if you'd like. Um, I really appreciate your time. And as usual, make it a great day and keep the learning going.